Hello, welcome into the Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I am so excited to talk to you today about closing your sales. We talked a little bit last week about intentional sales and truly being the expert when it comes to booking your clients in episode 123. And so today we're going to cover closing sales. It is all well and good to get a ton of inquiries and people in your sales funnel through those intentional sales, but closing the sale is the most important part of the sales process. Join me in listening to today's episode while you take some notes through a notebook and pen or pulling out your Slack channel, and let's get into closing your sales. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. So I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to be honest here and you don't have to share this with me, but in your own heart and while you're listening to this, I'm going to ask you, is it hard and do you get stressed about the closing of a sales process? What do I mean by this? I mean, do you get nervous about asking for a sale? Do you get nervous about saying, okay, are you ready to book this? If your answer is yes, then I want you to feel at ease that you're going to get some steps to help make this a reality. A little bit of what we talked about last week was being the expert and understanding what their needs are, paying attention to the needs of their client and being the expert to educate them well on your process. One of the things that we talked about was budget. And that can be one of the number one things that doesn't allow someone to cross that bridge of trust and book you Even if they trust you and they want to book you, the biggest reason people don't book is because there is unmet expectations when it comes to budget. And so last week I talked to you a little bit about how do we ask that question of the elephant in the room? How much do you want to spend on this? What's your budget? And making sure that's aligning with your services and products. And so this is a perfect place to talk a little bit more about that. When we ask our clients, hey, what's your budget? Or what are you expecting to spend on this? Or does 500, 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, what feels more comfortable to you when you want to book this service? Understanding that is going to already set you up for success for closing your client on the sales process. Because like I said, the number one reason someone doesn't book you is going to be because of the budget. So a good way to understanding if you're closing your sales is working or not is to measure your conversion rate. A conversion rate is a percentage of your inquiries that turn into bookings. And we want this number to be as high as possible. And through that comes education and making sure that we are actually qualifying our client to get into our sales process and into our inquiries before we can do this conversion rate. Because if you're not having this qualifying factor of making sure that their budget aligns with what your minimums or what your products are going to cost, then it's really tough to put them in this inquiry process if you know they're not going to book anyways. 
And so we want to ask this question from the very get-go. What's your budget? Or what feels most comfortable for you? So that when we do a conversion rate, it's not thrown way off kilter because your budgets that are coming in the door are half of what it typically takes to book a service with you. So we want to make sure that this is accurate. How do we figure this out? What is a conversion rate? It's how you take a number of your booked sales and then you divide that by the number of inquiries that you had that came in through a period of time. And then because we want this to be a percentage, we multiply it by 100. I know some of you did not love math back in school. Neither did I. In fact, if you ask my dad how great I am at math, he will probably chuckle a little bit because I am the worst at math. However, I have to be good at math and I have to know the things that make a difference in my business. And one of these is figuring out my conversion rate because I want to make sure that we are being educators and being a really great company to work with. And if our conversion rate is so low, it means that we're missing something in our qualifying process, that we're missing something in our marketing process, or we're missing something in our sales process. So how do you figure out your conversion rate? Again, you take the number of booked sales divided by the number of inquiries that came in during a period of time, and then you multiply that by 100. The best way to kind of measure what period of time this is, is either on a year-to-date basis, a quarterly basis, a monthly basis, And then at the end of the year, it's important to know what was your yearly conversion rate. This will go up and down depending on a lot of different things. And if you've been in business through the pandemic, you know that those numbers are skewed quite a bit, not because of how you did business, but because of the world and the state that it was in. And so there's a few different things that are going to alter this conversion rate, and it might not actually be you or your company that makes this happen. However, if we're in a normal environment of booking events, and your conversion rate is super low, it means there's something wrong with your marketing strategy, your sales process, or your qualifying process. And so knowing this is really important so you can fix those things before they become a habit, something that hinders your success as a company. I'm going to give you some homework for this episode, and I'm going to tell you what that is now, and then I'll tell you again at the end of this episode. So my challenge from you from this episode is going to be taking some of the strategies that I'm about to teach you And I want you to implement them into your sales process. And in three months from now, I want you to share with us via Instagram DMs what your conversion rate has increased to due to these strategies. Go mark your calendar for three months from right now and check it to DM us to tell us what that is. All right. So while, like I said, your marketing strategies, your qualifying strategies, your sales process may go into why you're not closing sales. Part of that is also some of your closing strategies need to increase because you're not asking for the sale or you're not setting the expectation to make a sale with your clients. And so I'm going to teach you three different strategies to closing a sale. And like I said, I want you to try at least one or a couple of these and see what it does to your conversion rate. So today or sometime soon, I want you to go figure out what your conversion rate is right now for the last three months. And then in three months from today, I want you to figure out what your conversion rate will be in three months from today when you have implemented some of these strategies, okay? So at least implement one of them, if not all three. And I'm excited to get into what these are. Let's start with strategy number one. The first strategy is going to be adding expiration dates to the quotes that you send. 
There's a lot of different people that will have different opinions on the timing of your expiration. And so I'm going to let you decide what that is. I will tell you what our expiration dates are for our quotes, but feel free to alter those and test it out. With any strategies, we always recommend you test out a few different ones to make sure it works best for you. Just like with marketing strategies, it's all about testing what works and what doesn't work. And there's going to be seasons where something works really, really well and then give it a few months and it's not going to work very well anymore. And so we have to be testing our environment and testing what works. And so adding expiration dates in general is already going to help set you up for success when closing the sale because you're putting a timeline on when you expect them to make a decision. They might already have a decision in their mind, but they might not know how to clearly communicate that to you. And so when you already start talking about an expiration date on your quote, that's already going to help them understand a little bit more clearly on what their expiration date is in their own mind or when they expect to make a decision. Our expiration dates for our quotes that we send out is anything before 14 days out. Really, we're talking 45 to 30 days or so before their event. We put a 14-day expiration on their quote. We do this so intentionally through our communication while we talk to them over the phone, through our email conversations with them. They know what their expiration date is. And so if they're reaching out on January 1st, their quote is going to be expiring by January 14th. And so that 14-day expiration is already going to communicate to them, hey, after the 14th, I can't guarantee that these are going to be available for you. So that's anything that their event is more than 14 days away. And ideally, it's more than 30 days away. All right, if the event is within 14 to 7 days from here, then our quote expiration is 48 hours. We're telling them in 48 hours from today, two days, your quote will be expiring if your event is 14 to 7 days out from your inquiry. If you are within five days of your event, you have a 24-hour expiration date. And after those five days, it's really hard for us to book something because we have so many different strategies that we have to work with within our company because of logistics and operations and all those things. And so it's not common that we will book something within five days. And so about five days before their event, if they still don't have a booking or they've reached out five days before, you've got 24 hours or less to make a decision. And we hold that up to our sales team and what their quotes look like. And so if if they have the discretion of saying, hey, I need to know within two hours, we totally give our sales team the ability to make that decision. But these are some of our expiration dates, 14 days, 48 hours, and 24 hours, depending on when the client reaches out for their event and how many days it's out for. We, like I said, talk about this through our communication via phone, in person, and email, and it is a continued conversation. And so this is already going to set you up for success when closing the sale because there is a timeline in which you need to close the sale. And so if you send something out, this happened actually a couple weeks ago, I sent out a quote to a wedding planner who was asking about a stage rental and the wedding isn't until April of next year. And so she reached out, she wanted the stage rental. I said, great, sounds good. Here's your quote, you know, did all of the communication prior. And then I put at the end of the email, this quote is going to expire on this specific date. All the items will become available after that date. So I can't guarantee your items are going to be available for your event date after this date. And she was able to email me back and say, hey, that's totally great. We're actually not ready to make a decision until the end of August. And so we'll get back in touch with you 
we understand that the items might not be available. And so even though I didn't ask her, hey, when do you want to make a decision on this? And she would maybe have been saying, you know, I don't know, or let me talk to the clients that already put her in kind of a timeline of, hey, your quote is going to expire this date. And she was able to clearly communicate back, hey, we're not going to have a decision until, you know, this time and we'll get back in touch with you already knowing that your items might not be available. And so that's strategy number one to closing your event sales is having an expiration date on your quotes that you send. All right. The second one is going to have a really, really great follow-up process. I can't tell you how many times I hear in our Facebook groups or hear from coaching clients that their sales process only has a couple follow-ups. They're like, oh, I've gotten in touch with them two times and then they never responded to me. That's because you only reached out two times. You only have two different points of your follow-up process. You need more than that. All right, I want you to guess how many times someone has to have some sort of an interaction with a company to move forward in booking or buying something. This is between marketing and sales follow-ups. So I want you to give your best guess. How many times does someone have to have an interaction with your company before moving forward booking or buying something? I'll give you a hint. In 2016, the number was eight times. So what do you think it is now six years later in 2022? Any guesses? I want you to think about it in your own head. I can't have you answer me right this second, but think about it. How many times does someone have to have an interaction with your company to book or buy something from you? Again, in 2016, the number was eight. Six years now later, the answer is 12. 12. That is crazy. But it takes 12 times for someone to have an interaction with you or your company for them to buy something or book something with you. Why is this? Well, attention spans are a lot shorter. There is also way more distractions than there was before. And there's more things to do in a day's time. And so having the follow-up process or even buying something is really hard for someone to keep their attention on. This is really important to think about for your company between not only sales and closing a sale, but through your marketing strategies as well. Think about your own life. Think about the last time that you had to replace your makeup or your skincare or maybe the toilet papers rolls in your house. How long was it that you realized that you were out or you're close to being out before you said, oh, I need to replace that. And then you forget. And then you get to the store and you go to Target and you get anything and everything except for the thing that you went in there for. If you haven't been there, then I'm jealous. <laughs> I've been there too many times to count where I'll say, oh, I need to go get, you know, more foundation or I need to get some new serum for my face skincare routine. And it sits on my counter and I remember to do it in the morning when I'm doing my makeup. And then the day gets away from me. I get emails, I get phone calls and text messages, and then I forget to get it done. And so I'm going to recommend for your sales follow-ups to switch between emails and phone calls because you're going to be able to relate to them a little bit more. If you only do emails and they've got 10,000 emails coming in a day or even 10 or maybe 30 emails a day coming in, your email is going to get buried in there which means they're going to be distracted, which is why it's hard to remember to do things nowadays. And so I'm going to ask you to think outside the box in your follow-ups. If it takes someone 12 times to have an interaction with you. And that's just the average, y'all. That's just the average. That means some people might take 20 times 
And some people might take two times before they're ready to book with you. But the average is 12. And so I'm going to recommend that you at minimum do six to eight follow-ups between email and phone calls. And if you have the capability of doing it, maybe between text as well. We want to make sure that you are giving them ample enough time and enough opportunities to get back in touch with you to understand your services and your products, to answer questions and to follow up with them. Include that expiration email and communication in your follow-ups like we talked about in the last one. But I really want you to prioritize your follow-up process because it's too often that people don't have enough follow-ups or they only do follow-ups one specific way. So switch up the routine, switch up the way that you do your follow-up and increase the amount of times that you are actually following up with them. All right. So that's strategy number two is have more expansive follow-up process. The last one for closing a sale intentionally is by inviting them in for a consultation. Showing people in person what you have to offer between products and services is a really great way to build trust. It's really easy for you to show them the different products, to let them touch and feel items, for you to get to know them a little bit more and ask about stories of how they got engaged or their favorite moment working for this company. It's also really great to introduce them to other people on your team that they might be interacting with. If you have an operations team or if you have someone who leads all of your deliveries and pickups, it's a really great opportunity to invite them in and have them meet those different people because they're going to put a name with a face. If you have someone come in and it happens that your operations team is there, you can say, hey, I'd love to for you to meet John. He does all of our deliveries and he's going to be a face that you recognize on the event day. And so you introduce them to your delivery guy if he's there. It's really important to do that because it builds trust, like I said, and it builds reputation for you and gives them a person that they can expect on their event day if you're not the one that's actually going to be there. Now, this can be something that you charge for or it can be complimentary as a part of your sales process. But inviting them in for a consultation has been a game changer when it comes to closing a sale because you can get them in the room. Now, if you are going to invite them in for a consultation and you are going to ask them for the sale at the end of your meeting, I recommend you asking them to have any and all decision makers in the room with you. It's not uncommon that a bride might come in with her fiance or you might have a wedding planner come in with the couple, but the decision maker might not actually be the couple. It might actually be their parents or it might be a few different people that are part of the decision-making process. And so I would encourage you, if you are going to ask for the sale at the consultation, to invite any decision makers who might be a part of this process into that meeting with you. So inviting them in for a consultation is going to further the trust that they're trying to build with you. It's going to be a further mover of the expertise that you and your team have, and it's going to make a big difference in closing the sale. I can confidently tell you that we close more if we have an expiration date and if we invite them into our studio for a consultation. Now, I know there's a lot of different hindrances that can come into play when you're wanting to have an in-person consultation. Perhaps the client doesn't live in your town and they live somewhere else. That's a really great opportunity to hop on a Zoom call or something that is a video virtual call to show them certain things or even just show your face and have a conversation with them. But inviting them in as much as possible is really important. All right. Do you remember the homework that I had for you listening to this episode? I talked to you about it at the very beginning, but I'm going to challenge you again to 
take what your conversion rate is right now. And then in three months from now, I want you to implement one or more of these closing strategies into your sales process. And then I want you to run the numbers for your conversion rate in three months again. See if they have grown from what they are today. And then I want you to reach out to us on Instagram via DMs at therender.co and tell us what those are. We want to hear from you because we know for ourselves that these strategies have been game changers when it comes to our business and selling and hitting the goals that we need to. All right, friends, I hope this has been helpful for you. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I encourage you to share this with a friend who might need to hear it. And as always, if you loved it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll see you next week on The Render Podcast. Thank you.